ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the East Go to 11. Once again, Nathan Bell, Greg Dutch are sitting across from me. Greg, what's going down, man? Dude, it's it should be what's going up, because we got nowhere to go but up. Two things. <laughs> As I check in here the night we're recording, the Orioles are losing real close contest to the Seattle Mariners. Ten to nothing. <laughs> Ten to nothing, dude. It's a humiliation fest. And I just came, how, how do I say this in a ginger way? From my seventh grade son's middle school music concert. <laughs> wow. Um, let you're, me just you're say. You're hurting today. <laughs> dude, he is in the chorus. And um, I mean, that, that that's cool. You know, Ben can sing pretty well. And uh, it's a nice group of kids. But what it is, is it's like a three-part. It, it's John Frame concert. It's, it's tri-perspectivalism <laughs> concert. Because you've got the band. Which is generally kind of like your drums and your your wind instruments, I guess. Right. Uh, you know, like your uh, trumpets and your flutes and stuff. Then you've got orchestra. Is that what they had when we were kids? I don't remember. That's like your like stringed instruments. Yeah, yeah. dude. Seventh graders should not be allowed <laughs> to do concerts in that state. They should be developing, learning, training. <laughs> Maybe put them in a room till tenth grade. It was like mutilating cats. <laughs> Um, but other than that, it was great. It was great. So I'm in a, I'm in a really excited posture to get out of this funk. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. I, I hope I didn't offend any potential middle school music teachers uh, and or parents in saying that. It really was wonderful. I, I think at this point they're saying amen. Yeah. Who your brother. I was going to say, does anybody actually like it? I mean, you say that's great. The kids learning something, but man, right. Woo, it was only an hour, but it felt like three. It was uh, it was rough. It was like a football game. It's actually one hour of playing, three hours to take it in. All right, I'm done ranting. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, so we have a couple things to get to before we get to our guests. Super excited about our guests tonight. Yes, always. Returning guest. Um, first, I uh, just want to remind people, um, Pop Culture Ninja – our uh, sister podcast that we're doing uh, is up in full swing. Um, iTunes is still sucking it. Um, they yeah. Have not, I, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, Weird, man. I, I just contacted them again tonight. They told me they would put this problem at the top of their priority list. Oh, and, and you know they are, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know all I, of Apple. Yeah. I, I, I'm waiting by my email for it, you know. <laughs> the city of Cupertino is on, on watch tonight. <laughs> That's right. Until this issue is resolved. Um, but there are many ways it can be gotten until then. There are many ways it can be gotten until then. And so um, Nathan and I want to just encourage um, everyone out there. Uh, he actually just put it up on Google Play. Um, you know, I'm sad to say this, but a Microsoft product got there faster Ooh, than an Apple product. Um, That's so, apocalyptic. I know, right? Wow. The end is coming. Yeah. Um, so it is up on Google Play. Um, you can subscribe through Podbean. Yep. Um, and get us on that. Um, you know, we are going to be continuing to put it up on these go to 11 as well until, um, you know, we, we feel confident that it's kind of got its own legs underneath it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, I would urge people like we, you know, people that, um, uh, like Jill, who is a member here at our church, mm-hmm. um, you know, when she had her like iPhone four and couldn't get the podcast app working right, wanted to listen to these go to 11, mm-hmm. just, Hey, Jill, make a shortcut. Put it on your phone until uh, such a time as it's available on iTunes, which it should be. Yeah, it it should be soon. There, you know, 
they're just like I said, they're sucking it right now. They so. are, man. They are. And we're we're putting the pressure on you, Apple. That's right. Because I know they're listening that's, to us. They right. monitor our podcast. And dude, similarly, uh, another kind of um, a podcast within our network here, which yeah. is relevant for what we're talking about tonight, is Popcorn Theology. Yep. Uh, which I know they're going to have you on in an upcoming episode, yep. Nathan. Uh, um, uh, Richard is talking about that. I was just on last week talking about Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Those dudes rock, man. Yeah. That was fun. I think you, Nathan, these two dudes, uh, I'm not trying to forecast anybody's schedule, but <laughs> I could see some good things coming no, out. No, Nathan and I have already talked. He, you know, we've we've listened in um on on different occasions and and we're definitely interested in yeah. doing a crossover. So good stuff, man. Um and a word from our sponsor. Yes, Mission Aware is on. They're uh, up to bat this week. Hopefully, they'll do better than the Orioles. Uh, I mean, tremendous products. Uh, we've got a few that are kind of in the finishing stages. Nathan, we're going to keep teasing that of That's these right. two eleven uh, stuff. But uh, they do several, several items within our network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mission Aware, if you just want, again, I love the uh, the morning surge with Spurge, man. That that <laughs> that is awesome. Your Spurge and coffee mug. Uh, or you can get your Calvin beer mug. You can get all sorts of T-shirts, designs, great sayings from this great Reformation heritage that we have. Uh, right now, through the end of the month, if you use the code SUSTAIN11, SUSTAIN11, uh, in the promo code at checkout, you'll get 11% off between now and the end of May 2016. So thank you, Mission Aware. Dope. Um, and also uh, in our network, who actually hosts, sponsors, runs the network. Um, he, he's kind of like the – it's almost like if there's a pope in our network, <laughs> we got him on. We do. We have uh, Les Lamphere joining us again. Les, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Uh, I was introduced as the pope just now. <laughs> a little disconcerting. I'm not – if that's any sign of things to come, yes, uh, it should be should be a good one. Yes, I was going to say. I, I was going to ask of all the introductions you've ever gotten, Les. Have you ever gotten a papal introduction? Never. Until now, that see, we're we're always breaking new ground here that's on this right. podcast. I love it. So the Pope of the Reform Pubcast, um, or the Cardinal, since he and Tanner do it together. I don't know. There, there you go. go. But you guys are <laughs> high up there, dude. High up there. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thanks, thanks so much for having us or having me back. I guess uh, Tanner has been on the show before, uh, but yeah, thanks, thanks so much. I, I, it was an honor to be invited back. Appreciate it. No, it's our honor to have you on, Les. We, uh, we can't wait to uh, to get into it tonight. Uh, but you're giving me that look, Nathan. Dude, another call. Oh man, I know. You know, oh. I don't know what's going on here, but but Les, you know, we've made a commitment. To our listeners, we have that whoever calls in, we are going to play their call. Now, fortunately, we've never caught this guy live. No, so we've never gotten an earful from him. But our answering machine has. Man, and uh, answering machine, dude, I just totally dated myself there. <laughs> <laughs> Great line on the show, friends, <laughs> is when Chandler. Remember when he says, um, "What was the line?" He says, "No, no, no, no." I never leave a spontaneous message on an answering machine of a girl's answering answering machine since uh, I uh, last time used the phrase "yes indeedio." <laughs> so um, you know that that's the kind of stuff. Remember, you would say something like that, you couldn't take it back. Yes. Um, oh, terrible times. Uh, that's funny, but 
Uh, in deference to what we've said and what we've committed, here is the Reverend King. Friends, it's the Reverend James King, or the James King, King James, Bible-believing, teaching, preaching ministry. Friends, if you're driving tonight listening to this, you, you might seriously want to pull over because I cannot guarantee that the heavenly and holy rage coursing through my veins won't penetrate the airwaves and blow your car right off the road into a ditch. <laughs> and uh, I can assure you, if you're driving one of those uh, Japanese or Korean plastic boxes on wheels, you'll likely be smashed like a bug on the windshield of a made-in-America Chevrolet. Oh, glory, the way God intended us to drive. See, see, these, these two imbeciles on this vile anti-God cast Thank you. Have, have, have invited a, a, a true master of iniquity in tonight. See, friends, this is like uh, two uh, entry-level demons have, have somehow gotten an audience with the CEO of hell, the Lord <laughs> Lucifer himself, as they, as they fawn and gush over their wicked slave master like uh, two uh, preteen girls at a One Direction concert. <laughs> Oh, that's right, friends. They, they have on tonight a man who, who, frankly, I was surprised, was sober enough to not slip and fall in his own whiskey-saturated vomit and stumble his way into this interview tonight. Well, friends, I have it on good authority that this man is in a sober state of mind no more than five minutes per week. That's right. This man subsists in a, in a ceaseless drunken stupor as he goes around quoting... All millennial theologians and looking for other drunken women in pants. <laughs> oh, that's right, friends. And you can you can tell a lot from this man's name. You see, have have you ever noticed how godly men in Scripture have a great magnanimous name? That's right. Andrew means manly. Daniel means God is my judge. Jesus, of course, means Republican. <laughs> And James, look at the name of yours truly, James King. James is biblical. King is majestic. But can you guess the name of the fool they have on tonight, friends? Well, he's the founder of some vile company called the Reformed Pubcast. <laughs> and his name, get this, friends, his name is Less. That's right, friends. Not more, but less. <laughs> and I can assure you, as certain as I am in the pre-millennial, pre-tribulational rapture of the church of Jesus, that that's what you're going to get if you listen to this inebriated imbecile tonight. Less. <laughs> less godliness. Uh, uh, less truth. Less, uh, less King James timeless wisdom, friends. <laughs> and can you believe the name of this fool's organization, Reformed Pubcast? Which from this point forward shall be referred to only as the Reformed Schlubcast. <laughs> My soul, people. I thought that the two fools who run uh, uh, this These Go to Hell podcast, Nathan Hell's Bell and Greg Doucher, were about as debaucherous as they come. Oh, but friends, these two fools, they don't hold a candle to the two demonic dunces who run this Reformed Schlubcast. <laughs> Uh, there's the one on tonight, uh, this less than Christian Lanfear. Well, he's plenty imbecile enough on his own. I'll get to him in a moment. But his partner in iniquity, Tanner, I love to get drunk at the bar field. And see, he's actually training to be a medical doctor. Now, 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 now tell me, friends, who in their right mind would ever willingly enlist in Satan's Obamacare army of physicians? <laughs> 
I'm telling you, friends, that the only reason that that man is going into medicine is so that one day when your little boy or girl scrapes their knee on the playground and comes into the emergency room, that that devil's doctor can be right there to hand your child a marijuana cigarette. <laughs> but this one tonight, friends, less than sober land fear, he takes the cake. You know, he, he identifies himself as a graphic artist. That's right, he's not even ashamed. He draws graphic pictures. <laughs> not godly pictures, like uh, uh, Jesus wearing a halo or David uh, slowly, deliberately decapitating the head of Goliath with the serrated edge of his knife. No, no, he, he paints lewd graphic pictures for Satan's favorite PR firms like Disney or DreamWorks. <laughs> well, I have a graphic picture for you, Mr. Less Than Donkey Dung. Oh, man. Let me paint a picture of you being thrown into a burning lake as you oh. desperately cling to hold on to your precious Budweiser and Jim Beam. <laughs> oh, but not a drop of that devil drink can survive that eternal backyard barbecue. I can assure you of that. <laughs> and just know the whole time you're longing for a drop of that lascivious liquid to cool your vile tongue, I will be drinking glorious sweet southern tea <laughs> as I ride my golden Cadillac down heaven's highway. Friends, don't listen to this fool tonight. In fact, if you get too close to him, I'll be surprised if you don't get vomit at all. Instead, I would urge you to come to the King James Bible Tabernacle this weekend to hear my Sunday sermon on Jesus' first miracle at the wedding of Cana. Friends, I'm calling it glorious grape juice. The most pure, delicious fruit beverage ever made at the command of the Lord Jesus himself. Glory to God, friends. Come to the tabernacle. Amen. <laughs> oh, that man. was really, that was really nice. Wow, <laughs> Les. I, I mean, dude, I, it can't be true what he said that you're only sober five minutes per week. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean I, I, I've actually I've been on a low carb diet uh, right. the, past, the past couple uh, weeks, like three weeks, uh, and my beer intake has has taken a serious hit. Oh so, my goodness! Uh, there you go, man. See, he, yeah. he's he's clearly in need of a new research team. But that's right. Wow, yeah. I, I, I could be wrong, Les. I'm getting the impression that the Reverend King is not a fan of what you and Tanner are doing with the. Uh, with a reform pub. I could be wrong. <laughs> that, I mean, uh, like, honestly, uh, that could have been an episode of, like, some podcasts that don't like us very yeah. much. <laughs> that, it didn't sound that far off. Uh, like, we have, we've been called the drunk tank. We've been called the drunk yard. Oh, like, my goodness. Like, by people who were not kidding around. So, uh, so wow. yeah, that's that's definitely, yeah. Wow, man. I mean, yeah. What was that he was called? Schlubcast? Yeah. I haven't, sure. I haven't heard that term, man, since my dad would call know. me and my brother a schlub. To, to me, the worst offense yeah. was when he said you drank Budweiser. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's I a good never, point. I would never. Yes, yeah. yeah. Budweiser and cheap bourbon were basically his two shots that he put out there on you last, which is well, criminal. He, I, the the funny thing is he went after my name uh, pretty hardcore and uh, I've I've been teased about my name my entire life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. That is um, there was a character. I'm going to date myself. You guys don't remember an old show called WKRP, do you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh you do. Okay. Yeah. 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 Les Nesman, right? Les yep. was yep. was the um, was the character, and I remember there was a guy on there who was dating Lonnie Anderson who had some. 
I can't remember some super masculine name. And he said something like, yeah, you can learn a lot about a guy. I said, what's your name, little guy? And he's like, less. Uh, <laughs> we, we like it less. Hey, is it is it short for Lester? Um, I'd rather not say what yeah. it's for. <laughs> yes, my parents, yeah. I do think my parents were drunk when they named yeah. it. It's a, it's, a tra- it's a train wreck of a name. Oh, my goodness. Man, <laughs> man. Well, you are a good sport, Les, letting Dr. King go after you like that. But, hey, you know, he's an equal opportunity critic. That's he's he, he's gone after just about everybody we've had on there, and <laughs> me uh, me and Nathan a couple of times too. But uh, there's some people that want him to call in live sometime, Nathan. That would be scary. I know. I that know. would be yeah. That would be mean, confusing. I know that would. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Mm, so funny. Um, so, Les, uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you back on is, um, you know, I know you and Greg have been chatting a lot back and forth offline, and we are part of the Greater Network, the Reformed Pubcast. Um, you know, your um, podcast is the Reformed uh, Pubcast, and um we we just started talking about you know what is this idea of being reformed um and so we wanted to have you on just to you know hash out some ideas what is this what does this actually look like what does this mean um what does it mean for um people like John Piper who actually um are more uh baptist in their practice um as opposed to reformed but he kind of identifies with some reformed type theology so um, we just wanted to to kind of throw that out there and um, see where the conversation leads us. So um, the first thing I want to um, ask you is um, who decides what reformed means? Mm. And kind of maybe broadening the question a little more, what were your thoughts when you laid down that title in front of um, in front of the organization or the network, whatever you want to call it, reformed pubcast. What, what are some of your thoughts behind that? Okay. Uh, yeah, those are great questions. Um, so I would say, first of all, that who decides what reformed means? Um, so, you know, the, the term comes from uh, the Reformation the, in the 1600s. This, uh, this Reformation was taking place uh, where, where the, this, there was a movement away from Rome uh, where we began to reclaim biblical doctrine over against some some serious uh, errors, and um, <clears throat> so the so the, who decides what is reformed is actually the reformed. I guess it would be the reformed tradition. And the, the interesting thing is, so out of this uh, the Reformation, a lot of branches uh, would call themselves reformational. Um, they were. They were a part of this this Reformation. So the Lutherans uh, obviously um, would claim Martin Luther is their their uh, the person who you know uh, made who broke ground for for their theological movement. And uh, Martin Luther is you know the the man who started the Reformation. Uh, so uh, so the Lutherans, the uh, Calvinists, um, we have uh, even Anabaptists and even Arminians. Uh, would claim their roots coming out of the Reformation itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the t- when we come to the term Reformed, uh, that's only actually applied 
to sort of the Calvinistic branch of of the Reformation. So Lutherans don't even want to be called Reformed. Right. Uh, they are Reformational. They are a product of the Reformation, uh, but they're happy to let the term uh, move on to uh, to the the you know Calvin and the legacy that that comes out of that that branch of the Reformation. Mm. So there's uh, specific doctrines that go along with uh, what it means to be reformed, and uh, there's a there's a history, there's a tradition, and um, and all those things ultimately get laid out in the uh, the Reformed confessions. So we have the the Westminster Confession, we have the Belgic Confession, the Canons of Dort, the Heidelberg Catechism. And um, a lot of people throw this into question, and I, it always bothered me when I was a Baptist, but the 1689 London Baptist Confession of uh-huh. Faith, mm-hmm. uh, another Reformed, uh, I, I would say, it's a largely Reformed confession. So the confessions are the outline of Reformed belief. The Reformed branch wrote down what they believe, and, uh, and that encapsulated what it means to be Reformed. Um, so when Tanner and I started the show, we were uh, reforming. We we were Calvinists. We believed in the the five solas and the the tulip. Um, so, um, but we also weren't really overly concerned with what anybody thought the term reform should mean, mm-hmm. and we claimed it for ourselves. And we said that we are the Reformed Pubcast, and we started the Reformed Pub, and it ended up being a place where people would debate a lot about what it means to be reformed. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Ironically, so, um, so I mean, so the interesting thing is, uh, the, the term reformed is is can be very very broad, because uh, because if you hold to a reformed doctrine, like a, a Calvinistic doctrine or a, a, a doctrine. That is that is a product of of reformed theology, then at least in part of your theology you are reformed, mm-hmm. which means that you agree with those confessions. You agree with um, the the quote unquote the the the, the reformed as a formal uh, title uh, mm-hmm. church. So um, most people, when they become Calvinists, uh, they would say that they're that they're reformed, and there's in a, in a in one sense, that's true. They are. Uh, they they have reformed theology. Specifically, they have the reformed theology of soteriology, the, yes. the theology of salvation, which is great. So now you, in that particular area of your theology, you are now reformed. So you can say, I believe reformed theology. Amen. Uh, mm. No problem. But, but the, the thing is, uh, and it, it's something that I've learned over time, Tanner's learned over time, and um, it's not something that's. It, I don't think it should be so debatable, and it shouldn't be even so offensive to say that um, that's not all Reformed theology is, and uh, and there's 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 other areas that are always that should always be continuing to be reformed, um, not just your understanding of soteriology. Um, so yeah. that's a great start. Yeah, uh, but there's there's more to it. Yeah, yeah. This was um, this was uh, driven home for me less um, in two places. One, I think I told you about um, when I was on with you guys on the podcast a couple of months ago. I made a, a little meme of this uh, uh, picture I found of uh, John Piper um, when he was younger. He was at Wheaton, and it's you know you know 
all props to John, but it, it's a nerdy picture of of which there are many of me in mullets and and late eighties garb that right. uh, you know could um, you know um, uh, humiliate me for the rest of my days. So it's one of those things, and I just found it. And I, I made a little meme um, based on a, a joke a friend of mine uh, had shared, which was basically, "Hey, I may be a nerdy guy now, but." Um, one day I'll be the reform or I'll be the rock star of reformed evangelicalism. And I put it up there, got a couple of, you know, funny ha-has, like some other comments. But there were at least, and I, I think six or seven comments at least, and I may be downplaying it, of people, various levels of seriousness, you know. But you could tell some were um, almost bristling at mm-hmm. the fact that Piper would have the reformed label. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my first sort of reaction to that is, man, dude, where we're saying Piper's not reformed, uh, <laughs> it, 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 there's just a weird vibe to it in light of, again, largely his soteriology, um, but also in recent years, his association, um, with groups like Ligonier and, uh, you know, gospel coalition mm-hmm. groups that generally have a, I think we would say a reformed emphasis, but maybe not. We can, we can talk about that. And the other one uh, hits a little closer to home. Uh, there's a, uh, a PCA church in our general area. It's a good church. We, you know, we, we have a lot of friends that, uh, that go there. Sometimes we've had some friends that leave our church and go there and, and vice versa. Um, they have a school as well. And, um, one, one of our, um, friends uh, over here at our church was telling me this a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was talking to so-and-so over at, you know, the school, which is a uh, part of this PCA church and said, Oh yeah, I go to, uh, I go to Christ fellowship. You know, Greg Dutcher is, is the, is the pastor there. Yeah. You know, he's actually, um, he's actually a reformed guy uh, to which this woman said, Oh, uh, actually he's not. He, I think he thinks he's reformed, but he's really not reformed. And so, uh, you know, it was, I've had two, uh, pretty clear experiences now where I thought this word is up for debate. So let me ask you this, uh, Les, is it fair to say, maybe that's not way, uh, the way to phrase it. Is it, is it acceptable in your view to be somewhat colloquial about it? That generally speaking, when people say reformed in the broader evangelical world, they mean the sovereignty of God and salvation. Um, that, that's sort of my first thought on it. I'd be curious to get your take. Um, y- yes. Uh, so yeah, I think it's I think it's um, generally the, the way that people mean it if they say it. Just you know, yeah. Is it, so. But there, we, but there is there is uh, more to it, and there's different areas of. So I mean, are yeah, there, there's always more to be reformed. I guess is the the thing, and and I I'm a I I'm I wouldn't say guilty of it. I I, I mean I have areas in my theology that need to continue to be reformed, and um, uh, specifically like things that are coming to to my attention a lot lately are like like areas of Christian practice. Um, you know, like it's, it seems like we have left behind a long time ago, like any idea of Christian piety, uh, reform piety, especially when it comes to like the things that we watch on TV and, and movies and stuff like that. It's like, it's like, I, 
like when I think about it, really, uh, it's pretty much a free for all, and I'm not even applying biblical principles to to the media that I consume, and um, so that's an area of my life that needs to be reformed. Uh, so somebody could say to me, like the way the way that you talk about movies, the way you talk about media, is not reformed, hmm. and and I, I I guess if if we are holding, I, I think there's a guilt on the other side too. Like there's there's the people who are holding onto the term and like like not letting anybody else have it unless they, you know, have check off all these things, which can be problematic. Um, but then there's also the other side who just, uh, well, I don't know the other side, but but uh, it's also there's a fight for the word that wants to dilute it down to mean almost nothing uh to its absolute bare essentials um so now you know so every pretty much everybody can be reformed if they believe some very very simple things so sure. so I, I like i i've never been a fan you know i was a reformed baptist i i know how insulting it is for someone to tell you you're not really reformed right. and i and i hate that idea so i you know i i don't i don't care enough about the word to do that if i'm going to tell somebody um, how I'm, what my specific denomination or whatever is, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm reformed. I'm right. going to say, you know, no, I go to a PCA church, you know, like I'm not, I'm, it's, it's not important enough for me to try to insult people over, but in the, in a technical sense, the word does have a meaning that's historic and conforms to like there, there is, I would say there is a reformed view of baptism, there is a reformed view of worship. Mm-hmm. There is a reformed view of uh, family and children and discipline, and um, just because uh, the word reformed has a has a tradition, has confessions, has written out doctrines for what the people who call themselves that actually believe. Mm-hmm. But I'm also totally fine with people um, claiming the term. In a more colloquial sense, like you said. Sure, sure. No, no. I, um, I get that. I'm, I mean, part of it is I think we're always wrestling less with how do we live in our communities with our own sort of set of distinctives. You know, obviously there's there are going to be differences between a confessional Presbyterian and like um, you know kind of a Reformed Baptist or even non-denominational A two nine type guy. You know, there, there there are going to be areas of pretty significant overlap. Uh, they'll both probably get jazzed about, you know, Calvin's commentary on Romans <laughs> or something, um, yeah. you know, that they could find a lot of common ground in. But they're going to have their areas of uh, of uh, distinction. Let me just uh, – I wasn't going to go here, but let me throw this out to you, Les. Um, a reformed view of baptism, and I, I've been reading some stuff on the, uh, on the network. I know um, – you have recently changed and gone to a pedo-baptist position. Um, would you feel, and I don't mean this to be a combative question, that in your view that is the reformed uh, position on baptism? In, in the technical uh, meaning of the term reformed as you see it, is that fair? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say it is. Sure, sure. Um, so baptism... Uh, let me ask this. Uh, what about eschatology? This is an area that often gets dicey among Reformed people. Um, you know, unless you are like the Reverend James King and, <laughs> and go for the premillennial, <laughs> pre-tribulational rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ, 
which yeah. he, I think elsewhere said, is mentioned 318 times in the New Testament, which, of <laughs> course, it, it isn't. But um, <laughs> what, uh, let me ask you, is there a Reformed view of eschatology? Um, I wouldn't say, no, I, I don't think there's, there's one that you would point to to say this is, this is the only view that yeah. Reformers held to. Um, there was, I mean, there's, um, there are premillennialists, but it's, it's not like the premillennialism we see today when, no. it's, you know, dispensation, dispensationalism has, I would see, and there's, so there's, okay, so let's just say, uh, I, I think all three views, uh, premillennialism, amillennialism, and postmillennialism are represented throughout the Reformed tradition. Um, so, so. I don't think there's one that you can point to that says that this one is right. But um, I will say that uh, covenant theology is an extremely important uh, distinctive of Reformed theology. Mm -hmm. So that means that dispensational theology uh, actually is not uh, Reformed. So if your eschatology is dispensational premillennialism, that is a non – that is an anti-Reformed uh, anti even reformed confessional uh position for eschatology. So there are some there I'd say there's some eschatologies that that are not reformed, but I wouldn't say there's one eschatology you can point to that is the reformed eschatology. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's this is almost a note to self too, Nathan. Back at Christmas time we had Richard Phillips mm-hmm. on. Um who was sort of under James Montgomery Boyce. Yes. And I don't even know much about him last. As I've read him through the years, he's kind of a hybrid, weirdly exceptional guy. Because his eschatology, as I remember reading it, is eerily similar to like a John MacArthur's. Um, yeah. Which is, but it's strange because he's at 10th Press, you know, obviously historic church within the mainstream of the PCA for decades and decades. But there's some. Um, Unique oddity sounds negative. I'm not trying to sound negative, but they're just oddities uh, when you line them up with the uh, sort of broader spectrum in a covenantal confessional reform context. And I don't know. Have you read much of Boys? No. Okay. I haven't. Yeah. That's um, one that we might – I'd love to pick that guy's brain yeah. on that and say, where, where does Boys stand on all this? Um, so let, let me say this to you, Les. One of the reasons – because I'm going to kind of represent the, the view here. It wasn't – really my plan, I'm not trying to make this a debate or anything, that um, one of the reasons that I want to use Reformed, well, you know, in general, all of us, right, want to be Biblicists, something Nathan and I have talked about many times. I mean, everybody wants to be a Biblicist, you know. I mean, in the purest sense, we want to be able to show why everything we believe in, um, in, you know, uh, from our beliefs to our behavior is in the Bible, so we can point Scripture. So, Everybody sort of hopefully says that. Um, And then we recognize there's a convenient shorthand, um, you know, that might help a person kind of get our neighborhood. (laughs) Okay, on the map, where are you on these issues? Hey, so I like Reformed because Calvinistic has a little bit too much of a human leaning, uh, you know, and and you don't want to say, hey, whatever John Calvin believed, I believe. (laughs) Um, right. you know, because it's, it's a little bit too, uh, you know, ironically man-centered, which reform people never want to be. Right. Uh, so again, if we use it, we qualify it to death and caveat it to death. Um, 
So part of it is there is no other phrase that I can think of, unless you could mention one, that would kind of, you know, as the average lay Christian you meet, that say is Arminian, um, maybe by instinct, uh, even if they're not theologically knowledgeable, they recognize, hey, Nathan, you're different. Greg, you're different. You, you, the way you talk about salvation is different. The way you talk about maybe even God's glory or the centrality of God in the story seems a little bit different. Talk to me about that. I would want to say what Reformed theology is more than I would say Calvinism. Mm. And um, then, because now I'm left with really weird terms. Like, uh, I'm, I'm monergistic in my understanding of salvation. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you, you start coming up, because I even said that to the guys in the pub on the meme. They were like, what are you calling him reformed for? And I said, hey, guys, salviv- or, or I said salvifically monergistic didn't fit on the meme. Um, <laughs> right, right. So part of it is, it's like, man, I don't want to lose that term. Because here I am, I'm a, I'm basically a non-denominational Reformed Baptist. That's the church Nathan and I are part of. Mm-hmm. And we love the broad spectrum to reach out and talk to people like you and from John Frame or whomever. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? A guy like me that wants to maintain that phrase and kind of push back a little bit like, hey, don't, don't take away my, um, don't take away my term. Yeah. I, like I, that's the thing like it would be it would be crazy for especially for Tanner and I to uh come down on people for wanting to claim the term reformed um because you know it, it, the people who say that if unless you are a i, I it doesn't even it doesn't even matter like there's always going to be another there's always going to be further down the spectrum yeah. um where I'm at I'm going to like the the crate like the most solid PCA regulative um simplest form of worship you could possibly imagine except turns out some people can imagine much more simple right, uh, right. to worship <laughs> yeah um and they can be much much more regulative than we are and there's 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 always going to be people who say you're still not doing it reformed enough um so so that's so you, you we have to at least accept it as a spectrum. Yeah. Uh if not um if not like you said a colloquialism with a a more um technical definition that goes along with that. Um so when Tanner and I started the show, I mean even we now if we saw us two and a half years ago, we'd we'd be like these guys are a mess. Like yeah. their, their theology, their theology is all over the place. They don't really know what they believe in so many areas, um, and that's and that and we called ourselves reformed. Um, be, but it's uh, in one sense, there's it's it's absolutely accurate to say we were reformed because we held to reformed theology. Mm-hmm. Um, not all reformed theology. We were still learning a lot of reformed theology, and we still are, um, but. We did hold to reform soteriology. We held to a form of covenant theology. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I don't think it's something that needs to be fought for. Um, I mean, may, maybe, may, maybe, like maybe there's there's people who are just like. Like the PCUSA, for example, they should not be calling themselves reform. <laughs> right, uh, right. That's, like that's yeah. that's crazy. Like yeah. you abandon the Bible and your entire church polity. Just stop it. Like yeah. don't don't use that term. 
Um, but if somebody's saying, I'm a Calvinist, I'm trying to hold to the Bible as best I can, I'm trying to be consistent with what I believe um, you know, Calvinism is, which and, and that goes into the whole idea of like the spirit of Reformation. What does it mean to be reformed, meaning reforming your theology all the time? And then people, you know, that was always that's always the big thing for Reformed Baptists. They'll say to Presbyterians, well, shouldn't we keep reforming? Semper Reformanda, right? Right. You know, right. like always be reforming. That's that's the whole that's the heartbeat of the Reformation. So they would say that the Reformation didn't go far enough in the area of baptism. So now you have Reformed Baptists. Uh, because we finally, you know, we we took their understanding of all these things and we made it consistent in the area of baptism. Right. So so there's there's the argument you're you're keeping reforming, um, but that's and that, that's fine. Uh, but the w- when you say I am reformed and I hold to reformed theology, again, uh, in the most technical sense, what you're referring to is confessions and a time period. And a theology that came out of a time period. So when you say that I'm reformed, you're saying those guys got it right. Right. So my continual reformation in my theology now is essentially returning to um, reformed uh, theology because I think reformed theology is as synonymous as I can understand it to be biblical theology. Mm-hmm. So I want to get back to where those men were. Not to say that they're infallible. But but by and large, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Who um, – uh, uh, just talk to us about that. Let's, who who are some of your guys? Like when you mentioned the guys who – I mean, is it Calvin that you're thinking of? Would you be going back to um, – Yeah. Yeah, okay. sure. yeah, John Calvin, uh, the Institutes is – I mean, that's uh, some of the best laid out theology that's ever been written down. Uh, my, my, my guy uh, currently is Bavink. I oh, absolutely sure. love uh, – uh, Boving and Boving wasn't even a Presbyterian. He was uh, like a Dutch Dutch Reformed guy, I believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's so many. Uh, uh, um, tel- or Tertullian, sure. Is it Tertullian? No, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, but but so these are the the, the these brilliant men who uh, who carried on this Reformed tradition and. Uh, and it's yeah again it's not to say that that these men are are infallible but they they did they're the people that were saying oh okay they broke the mold they realized they they were able to see all the error around them and then to go back to scripture and pull out and glean the truths in the face of those errors they were bold enough to do it and uh, we're just we're basically honoring that tradition when we say that we are reformed and reforming, yeah, in our in our theology. Yeah, yeah. Unless you guys just to say, I mean, you know, we've listened. I mean, you and Tanner have great balance. Uh, we we've uh, had some other people note that too. I've heard you guys, you know, obviously um, uh, interact over a number of pretty complex and nuanced issues. Um, and love that about you guys, because one of the things that concerns me about the sort of uh, extreme word police guys that never want to give the term away, etc., is I think, okay, okay, take the aerial view. Uh, remember, Nathan, we talked about Stephen Furtick yeah. uh, a couple of months back. So we had some questions about Furtick and his church. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I want to say one of these guys, look. If you have a guy that came to Christ in your family who's a new believer, 
and he goes to a town where there's there's two churches to go to. There's uh, John Piper's uh, or Stephen Furtick's. Um, are you going to say, well, it really doesn't matter. Neither of those guys is reformed. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's almost like intuitively, you know, there's a significant difference um, <laughs> in terms of the quality of exposition that you're going to get in terms of the, again, what I consider the great takeaways, um, uh, uh, not all, but of so much of the tradition. You know, obviously the God centeredness, the the glory of God's centrality, that the 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 word police guys drive me crazy sometimes because it's almost like oh I can't even acknowledge it. I'm going to lump you in with Stephen Furtick possibly Joel Osteen you know possibly <laughs> yeah. all these lightweights in there like come on guys you know yeah. what I mean there's a difference there and I, I that's more I'm expressing a general uh, general frustration. Well, and I think what's interesting too is if you talk to people who would who would self-identify as not reformed. Yeah. Really when you say reformed or you say calvinist, they all know and they all point to salvation as the main distinctive in what you're talking about. 9 times out of 10, if not yeah. more. I agree. Yeah, there 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 isn't it doesn't need to go any deeper than that because usually that's what kind of stops stops the argument and you don't go any further. It's usually I, yeah, yeah, the point of hang up. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll even say like when people ask me, um when I well I'll tell like a coworker or something, like, Oh, I host this, you know, show, Reformed Podcast, they'll be like, Oh, what do you mean by reformed? And I'll say oh, it's like a it's like a um a way of it's a branch within Christianity and like, you know, one of our one of our big things is election yeah you know that god the god chooses who he's going to save and that's really like all i have to say like like that's you know so so yeah i'll even shorthand reformed into something as simple as election which you know if one of those guys in the pub heard me say that they would, oh yeah <laughs> uh, but but it's it's you know so yeah we can't just we can't sit there for eight hours explaining what reformed theology is to somebody uh there's got to be some basic doctrines that we're holding to um yeah yeah and um boy our, our time is winding down nathan i know but yeah got to get this one out there for you what do you think of okay there there are in the broad i'll say swath of evangelicalism where you've got people on some central doctrines and probably predominantly soteriology. We might throw in there high view of scripture, um, sufficiency of scripture. You know, it, do you think it's groups like gospel coalition, uh, T4G? Uh, is it fair? Again, I'm going to set this up in the colloquial sense in your view to say they're generally speaking reformed, maybe reformed flavored coalitions. Yeah, I have I have no problem with that. Okay, okay, yeah, that's good because I've you know we I've talked to some some people who said oh it was a T four G in twenty twelve or whatever and uh, they're like that's a waste of time you know that's no. because uh, you've got a guy like League Duncan and he's good uh, maybe Sproul's good uh, but Dever and uh, Piper and those other guys are uh, are not so it's because uh, I'm always thinking man I'm always looking for partly less probably because I pastor a non denominational church. Um, that definitely has a a reformed flavor, right, right Nathan? That's how you would say it. Yep, yep we're sort absolutely. of reformed flavor non denominationalism. That I'm always uh, looking for the the balance between clear, helpful terms 
yet still having an inclusive embrace of people that come in and want to grow and want to learn. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's more or less what's kind of pinging around in our heads. So yeah, I, like, especially if people are really just grabbing onto the baptism thing and saying like, like if you're not, if your view of baptism isn't reformed, then you can't even like touch the term. I actually, I personally like the term reformed Baptist, uh, cause it, it says a lot. Yeah, if you if you just say you're a Baptist, you're you're hanging yourself out to dry as far as, as, as <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember I went to a Bible study at a job I had, uh, and it turned out I found this out much later, but it turned out they were all Catholics, uh, which was a disaster. Wow. Um, but but when I they asked me you know what I believe, and I said, oh, I'm a Reformed Baptist. They're like, oh, Baptist. Oh, no. <laughs> and they just like, they groaned for like 10 minutes about how disgusting Baptists are and how, like, how, you know, um, fundamentalist and everything they are. And I was trying to be like, no, 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 I'm not like that. I'm like, I'm a, like a Calvinist, that, which, is, which made things worse. <laughs> um, but but I, I think the term, the term is, oh, is really efficient. I think it, it tells a lot. It, it basically says that I'm, um, for you know, almost in I'm almost in line with a, like a PCA guy, except I don't baptize my babies, uh, and maybe I have a few, um, you know, church government things that sure. I don't agree with. And obviously, again, obviously, guys, I know there's more to it than that, but uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a good efficient term. So like, I'm not I'm not for the whole like keeper of the term, don't let anybody else have it, and um, but as long as we all understand that there's still, so reformed is basically a target that we all want to actually shoot for. Um, I guess biblicist would be like within that target even. You know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we, we want to be as reformed as we, as we can be, even if we're questioning the, what the reformed tradition actually is, but there's a spirit there that, that we're all trying to, to, uh, to go back to, so, like we're saying, there's errors in the world. There's errors in people's theology. We want to even reform our own errors, and everybody just get back to biblical theology, exactly what God has said. Reform the church, and I mean that's that's the spirit. Uh, so, yeah, that's I think that's a good goal. Always be reforming. Always be shooting for uh, for getting back to what it what exactly what it is that God said we should believe we should practice the way we should worship the way we should uh, lead our families and and all that. Yeah, well, well said, Les. Yeah, Les, and I'm so glad you you know you brought up getting back to the spirit of it because uh, my wife teaches in a classical school and there's a there, there's a model set up for what classical should be. And I always, it, it drives my wife nuts because I will argue with people that it's not a chapter and verse of what you should be teaching in the classical model. It's the spirit of the model that makes it classical. And it drives people nuts because it's, no, 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 you need to teach this and you need to teach that and you need to have this book in there. And if you don't have that book in there, then it's not classical and, huh. and on and on and on. And I always like to argue, but it's it's not what you're teaching; it's the it's how you're teaching. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. You know, it doesn't matter whether you, um, you know. And I know I'm going to offend a lot of people out there by saying this. It doesn't matter whether you're teaching William Shakespeare or J.K. Rowling. Oh, um, 
you thrown know, it down. That that Harry Potter, I would argue, is is just as well crafted in the way it's written as some of uh, Shakespeare's plays. Um, and so if you're teaching good literature, that's the spirit behind classical education is getting them familiar with language and vocabulary and, and putting it out there as great writing. And so I would, I loved how you said the spirit getting back to, okay, forget what Calvin said, forget what Luther said. Um, what does the Bible say? And hopefully if these men were good biblicists, then the Bible is going to agree with what they uh, said. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's uh, interesting, Nathan, the term classical, having taught in a classical yeah. school setting for some time. There were debates on that. Yeah. I mean, people were getting raging. This isn't classical. Yeah. Um, this mm. is a public school model with a classical overlay. Or this, no, 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 what they're doing over here is classical. because, yeah. And then you get into the censorship debates. Yeah. Uh, well, if it's truly classical, we wouldn't, we wouldn't censor. And you would let the student. And uh, there's always a fight yeah. within movements. For the purity of a term, yeah, and and yeah. look, you know, in, in fairness, Les, I think, um, you know, to your point, as you said, like you're comfortable uh, using a colloquial version, yet finding other venues to say, hey, in a more technical sense, this is what we mean. I mean, that has happened. I mean, the term evangelical today mm. is virtually worthless. Um, <laughs> I mean, you hear it on CNN now to, to cover, you know, all sorts of people that you think is that guy even. Would he even self-identify as a Christian yeah. um, necessarily? He right. believes in Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, but the term evangelical has pretty much lost much of its meaning. Uh, and so I can understand uh, why there would be a concern that a term as historically precious as Reformed, there would be concern over how it's used. Um, so there's kind of the other side of yeah. it. And you, you've been a gracious and great guest as always, Les. Thank you. No, thank you. This was great. All right. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. Greg, Les, we just rocked the Casbah. Reformed style. You just finished listening to Les Lamphere from the Reformed Pubs. Always good to have uh, guys on from other people in our network, Greg, and great, such a great man. conversation to have him on. Great. Uh, right now, we want to announce the winners from John Frame uh, of the John Frame book, Systematic Theology. So, Greg? I guess you could say, dude, it's time to get framed. <laughs> see, see what I did with that, Nathan? I did. It's like I took his name. I turned it into a verb. It's kind of cool, kind of cutting edge. It's something I could totally picture Frame doing oh, himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Frame's always dropping rap lines when he teaches. He's like, who's ready to get framed? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know if Dr. Frame does do that, but he does write some kicking theology. That's right. That is uh, robust and substantial. And uh, two copies today, Nathan. Yep. One is the hard back copy, which will give you a workout, as Dr. Frame said last week. Yes. I mean, that bad boy we're looking at now will build some biceps. I think that's, you know, bigger than the Harry Potter book. Yeah, it looks like it, man. It looks like the whole anthology just kind of rolled into one beautiful systematic theology. But we're going to give away that one first, Nathan. And again, we got like six or seven new reviews, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are very, very... Uh, Thankful for you guys that write the reviews. Wish we could award you all. The first winner of the hardback copy of Systematic Theology, PNR Publishing by Dr. John Frame, is John T. Mechie 3. Uh, T M E C H 
E3 gave us a five-star review. What? What? Uh, robust in theology and gracious in speech. These guys have a great time and says other wonderful things. Very kind of you. Um, thank you so much, John. Uh, what you need to do is email us at these go to 11, spell all that out, including the number 11, then one five, the number was one and five at gmail.com. Yep. These go to 1115 at gmail.com. Tell us, hey, I'm the dude that won, and we're going to send you the book. Second one, Nathan, goes to, oh, and I'm sorry, this is the electronic the version, yep. the ebook. Uh, given by our friends at Olive Tree. Yes. Giving away a very, very nice gift. If you don't have an account, it's very simple. You let us know. All you need to let us know is your email, yep. which we'll get when you email us. We'll send it over to uh, them, and they'll get in touch with you on how to access that book. So thank you again to Olive Tree. And that winner is JP Farm D615. So I don't know if that's a pharmacist or... <laughs> Uh, Maybe he's a farmer. Farmer with a PH like <laughs> fat, yo. I'm really weird tonight. Um, Five-star review. I recently discovered this podcast and love it. My only hope is that the guys would get Dr. James King to call in for an entire episode. Whoa, after hearing him tonight, dude. A whole episode. That's scary. I know. That is scary. <laughs> but we thank you for that, JP Farm, and uh, hope you enjoy your book. And again, guys, if you keep writing the reviews... Um, you know, even if there's not a contest, it is much appreciated. Yeah. We're we're getting close to a hundred, which is a goal. And yep. thank you. Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and uh, call it a night. Peace out. These go to eleven.